Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You'll also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. For the first time at the Software People Stories, we thought of commemorating Women's Day a little differently. We attempt to explore aspects like empathy, inequality and enablement through a conversation with a couple whose work in software and technology. The first in our series are Pratibha and Sirish Bachchu, both accomplished career folk and leaders across diverse tech industries in software and automotive technology. They share their thoughts, stories and experiences of what empathy has meant between them and how their personal experiences have helped them empathize, build sensitivity and inclusivity at their workplace. They also talk about how they face the challenge of living apart to support and nurture dreams, what they do to hold intergenerational conversations, and they also share tips that they've learned as leaders that can help others thrive. and work towards creating a more equitable and joyful world for all listen on pratibha sirish a very warm welcome to both of you on the software people stories podcast thank you so much for being our guests today i'm looking forward to this conversation with actually two perspectives we have literally never done something like this before and uh, it's always a pleasure and great fun talking to friends thank you jitra thanks for considering us it's we are as excited as you because we have also not tried this uh, format any time before so let's get started i guess yeah so thank you so much jitra thanks for bringing us on board okay great just a brief history probably for listeners this episode of the software people stories features for the first time a couple in tech people who've been part of the tech industry so we trying something slightly different this time and let's see how that goes so we usually start by asking our guests to introduce themselves to our listeners so how would you like to do that and either one of you is free to go first i i go first i was hoping you wouldn't ask me to introduce him so this is safe i'm pratibha and i work at bosch software division of bosch in india I have been with Bosch will complete a quarter century in next month so I've been there on for 25 years now been was my first job and have stayed on as the company has grown enormously over the years taking up various roles across various divisions from software development uh, to corporate to now back to heading a business unit for India here for Bosch service solutions in India So that's brief about me and my career aspects. I'm married to Sirish since the past 21 years and also two children plus hobbies are I'm a calligraphist and a graphologist though finding less and less time to pursue them but also I'm a leader a reader and a, a traveler. I think that's a small just and of course enjoy the company of the friends I have. Thanks Pratibha that's a great start. Hey, about myself, so I am known as Sirish Bachchu in the industry. 
and my professional introduction at present i am working with a company called danlaw technologies where i am taking care of the company as a managing director prior to this i worked with ather energy which makes electric scooters and is a is a pioneer in that and before that i worked with mahindra and mahindra and before that for 17 years with bosch 17 long years so me and pratibha worked together there and before joining bosch i was with isro for some time yeah so this is briefly about my professional background so been around close to now 29 years in the industry and on the personal front yeah i also love traveling and then two kids like patra said the same kids of course <laughs> and yeah music is my passion and i uh, sing and play some instruments i i do make sure that i make time to find time for this hobby i hope we can get a song out of you somewhere during this recording sirish and let's see and how we can fit that in <laughs> seems like both of you all have had extensive careers and in tech so how did this all start as in did did either one of you always envision since childhood that you'll be doing something in technology or in engineering or what kind of made you pick up this line of work i think we belong to that generation chitra who had no clue or it was never software was never in the horizon of our thinking when we were studying i think we literally like you say digital natives i guess uh, we are from that generation of software natives so as i remember as i was graduating as when software was becoming not computers as such but software as an engineering discipline i think just picked up around the time we started our careers so it has been i can't say it was something that i dreamt of but taking up electronics was really thinking in to be in the tech industry i really enjoyed the you know the practicality of uh, having to create something very different which is not physical in nature somehow always like so from there software was uh, i guess a nice uh, to think to flow into with logic and analysis and engineering aspects uh, really helped in those uh, concepts and secondly we've been very fortunate that we have never had to stagnate in this industry because again the since we started at the very beginning i think every year every almost every year even now i can remember how many languages how many technologies we had to keep pace with now i think is even more on the increase and too many languages but at that time too there quite a fake big quite a bit of technologies we had to learn so i've always le- uh, enjoyed learning and i think i will give up my job on the day i think there's nothing more for me to learn and this industry has stagnated and doesn't seem to be that's kept me going okay so from uh, my point of view as well it's a similar thing so i Uh, graduated in 1992 uh, and i had done my engineering computer science so at that time a uh, couple of my friends they were trying to go out certain gre and things like that i didn't have a clue as to what to do next and i didn't even fathom what does it mean to have a regular job after having uh, done a degree in computer science so it's all about writing programs but what do you do for the whole day sitting in an office and how does work look like so absolutely no exposure and after that i i was studying in indore and then my parents were in hyderabad so i decided to go and hyderabad and figure out what to do next initially for some time i had this booth of let me try ias because a couple of my friends were wanting to go for ias and i said let me try for that let me study but at the same time not lose the opportunity so i took up a job in teaching there in a computer institute but few months down the line i figured out that ias is not my cup of tea mersan yoga so 
then I started looking for a regular, applying for public sector uh, jobs through the known entrance exams and all those things. So that's where the things were. But luckily for me, I had three opportunities after about eight, nine months where one was to go into Air Force. I had an op- opportunity to go to Air Force and one opportunity to join NIC and third was in ISRO. But I chose ISRO because uh, that was something very exciting for me from both my interest as well as family point of view. My uncle was in ISRO and he was an icon for us, for all of us, uh, who's been the lone engineer on my mother's side. So I naturally chose ISRO and then joined ISRO. So even at that point of time, the software boom was just, I would say, the seeding in 92, 93 times. So ISRO was also an excellent experience for me to look at how we can utilize the satellite imagery for real life applications and so on. So software has been more of an enabler and then that's how it has come along. And eventually I spent around three years getting access to the latest and greatest machines there. The Param supercomputer, I had an opportunity to work on that, which is terrible to work upon if you reflect back now. <laughs> But it was a great experience. So three years down the line, I also opened up in terms of looking at outside because the industry was growing, the private industry, and then software, there was a demand picking up. And incidentally, I happened to come to Bangalore and then joined Myco Software at that point of time, which was a new setup. So that was in 96. And that's where yeah, Pratibha also, I think, joined in the same year, six months before me. And yeah, we started our journey there. And for 17 long years, I was in Bosch. Of course, Pratibha is more senior to me in Bosch for that matter. Through the time in Bosch also, for me, it has been more like trying to find solutions through whatever means. And the software and the tech has been more of an enabler. Technology, not for the sake of technology, but technology for the sake of problems. That has been my motto. And that is how I win. And within Bosch itself, multiple domains I've worked with and automotive domain is where I stuck with. And at some point of time, doing a lot of work for German clients and the international projects and all, some, I would say, midlife crisis starts, right? So this thought started coming, why not do something for India? So for Indian market, why not bring all these products to India where we can have access? So that's the Kida which started there. And from there onwards, it took a turn trying to explore for the Indian market. And then that's where I started looking out as well. So join Mahindra and then technologies, trying to look out how do we bring the technology to solve problems in the automotive area. And that's how it has been for me. Thanks, Sirish and Pratibha. I think while you all were introducing yourselves, a couple of thoughts that were going on in my mind is super enriching careers. I think amazing opportunities that both of you have either capitalized on or made the most of through constant learning looking at new technology. And one thing that struck me, especially with what you said, Sirish, was this thought that you wanted to, after having been exposed to working across various cultures and continents, you wanted Mm -hmm. to do something for Indian companies. And I'm wondering how to weave that into the theme of today's conversation, which also looks at empathy and equality. But before Mm -hmm. we get there, wanted to ask both of you, you've had two plus decades long careers respectively, with each other. And there must have been instances where one must have pulled weight at some point in time to hold things down at home. And the same must have been, roles must have been reversed in certain ways. So a lot of your careers, I'm sure, have played out into influences at home and the way y'all have perhaps supported each other and in some sense even nurtured each other to help each other grow and be where you are today. So what are some of those experiences that you can share that your experiences at work helped you help each other with 
equitable situation so that you could give your best at work and your best at home as well so let me go first here because i have i, I can say many such instances where i had to lean upon to get support and also to what you call usually discuss on what steps to take next because some decisions it's always better to have more than two brains thinking on it especially when you are interdependent and it impacts the family so what i said as long as i was with bosch till midlife at bosch things were going fine going along with the flow changes were happening getting new opportunities within bosch itself and all those things but when i said this transition happened to me in my mind to do something for india and indian companies and in the market and so on that's where in terms of looking out for different uh, companies and all those things incidentally that happened that i was approached by mahindra but at that point of time this position was based out of chennai so that would mean that we have to then either rock our complete setup move out of bangalore where uh, in fact pratibha has been born and brought up and raised in bangalore through her entire career whereas i have been a vagabond i have lived across many cities in india and uh, abroad uh, not more than 3 4 years but bangalore has been my longest stint ever so that's where I, i was okay to move to chennai but then we considered about the children and so on how it will affect them so we decided that yeah we will stay back here and i'll go alone there and somehow manage visiting the family frequent times so So that was, I would say, very crucial from my uh, career and aspiration point of view. And I'm really thankful that the kind of support what Pratibha gave me, plus the kind of encouragement what she gave me, saying that you go pursue your dream. So I'll be the peg, I'll be the anchor, and you don't worry about the family. I'll take care. But yeah, so that was the kind of support I must say that I really appreciate. And then today, if I see where I am, that goes a long way in terms of the kind of a mutual support and then the understanding which comes along. I just like to continue on this thread, Sirish, and thanks so much for sharing that. Is based on this experience, and given the fact that you are in in a senior leadership position today, how has this experience of when you were in Chennai and Pratibha holding the fort here back in Bangalore with family helped you see inequalities at the workplace? or has this enabled you to or acted as a catalyst for you to do something for others definitely yes in terms of see as long as we were there together there's one perspective of of course at the workplace trying to bring what you call this diversity uh, gender diversity and promoting that that is i have been always supportive of that aspect but then the different perspective when you are away, away from family and then when i was alone there and seeing what is happening to myself plus seeing what is happening to family and pratibha here it opened up different perspective because at some point of time i really used to wonder is it really worth it leaving the family and then uh, spending the time alone here so it's been uh, i would say four and a half to five long years there at chennai me almost shuttling every weekend back and forth and also you go with certain aspiration there and something turn out in your favor something don't turn out and when things don't turn out in your favor is when you start questioning your decisions that is one thing and the same thing your experiences when you look at others so being in chennai at my with my colleagues and in fact i had a couple of lady colleagues who used to report to me directly and they are having their similar situations in the family where their husbands are working somewhere else and then they managing the family here so this is something i could relate to very closely number one the second thing is also in terms of the kind of glass ceiling which comes in the corporates right in terms of how the women colleague careers are taken into consideration so this has been another i would say area where i try to give it my uh, bit to uh, there 
to uh, both guide the people working with me as well as wherever possible in terms of my influence or my decisions go try to break that barrier because especially in automotive domain it is very muscle dominated and men dominated area and women in automotive especially women coming from tech area to automotive is a different ball game altogether it's like a computer science what you call lady going to mechanical department that's how it is so yeah this has been i would say some of the things which help me to empathize better i would not call it uh, put in the category of sympathy but empathy is a proper term and then uh, try to nurture in whichever way possible in my position and influence there very nice sirish thank you and completely agree with you on empathy because ultimately empathy is the way we act it out and show that you're there for help and support very nice story and i'm going to come back to you again so we'll shift focus slightly to pratibha now pratibha based on the narrative that sirish shared what were you going through at that point in time and uh, same question as for sirish based on your experience how did that enable you or otherwise to respond to the situation of others around you in the workplace yeah chitra this really matured a relationship and also i would say this so you know at that time it did it was because i had we had it uh, our eldest daughter was going through teenage years the younger one was much younger and it was not a very i wouldn't say it was an easy journey but it was a learning journey i see it and now in retrospect i feel that uh, strengthens your commitment to say to prioritize what is important in life and i believe really if i had not had a very engaging career and a job at that point of time i think it would have been even more difficult for me to manage having very supportive environment a familiar environment for me to work was really helpful and i think that really uh, supported those times of course with that comes this learning like uh, you clearly pointed out the empathy and understanding and today i really encourage uh, all my associates whenever they come up with these kind of dilemmas to actually just work it out don't look at only the the difficulty and the you know the the fear that is there but actually look at what are the positives uh, that you could learn from it and in terms of what is it giving it for you so i always tell my associates when you are coming to a uh, you know crossroads the only way that you can in spite of all that hardships that you are going through the only way that you can convince yourself whether this is the best choice is to go back to the fundamental question why did you make this choice in our case it was very clear to me that sirish took this choice not because of a higher position or a higher raise or something like that something very materialistic but for a dream and a dream that i was part of not a day or a two for many years having discussed having spoken about it and i knew his passion lies there and when whenever my resolve or a challenge came up that i have to manage something and i felt the need of a partner missing at home that temporarily you might be flustered but permanently it didn't hurt me any time and i never uh, felt it very bad about the situation only because of this one reason of the why why did we take such a decision and it was a together decision he never said i, I will go do what you can or whatever when it was a very informed i said i might never be comfortable with this it is not easy but since you are so passionate and you are trying to do something completely different and if it is going to it is needed for your dream then we should do this 
So both of us knew that there is going to be difficulty and I admire in four and a half years, it takes a lot of resolve not to come home every weekend from Chennai to Bangalore. It's still a distance and uh, he relentlessly did this amazing and I think that commitment is what kept us going. And I knew that he's there for the kids, enjoyed. I sometimes tease with him when he has long hours. I think the time you were in Chennai, you spent more time with the children than you will get when you are here in Bangalore. I've coming to the empathy path. This is what I tell my associates or my colleagues, anybody who comes to me with a similar situation, be very clear on the purpose. If the purpose is not clear, I feel decisions will start feeling very difficult to hold. I think that's fantastic, Pratiba. And what what really shined through both your experiences is the fact that you've looked at each other as individuals. And if I may say so, even set aside the context of you being husband and wife, but more looked at individuals with, with an eye to how can we enable each other? And then, like you said, I think understanding that purpose, going to the why of it, very nice. Yeah. Just wanted to shift tracks slightly. At home, there's always this intergenerational dialogue going on. And, you know, very often, even we've had this conversation within us friends to say that Mm -hmm. in our days, this wasn't there. And look at these kids now. (laughs) With all that uh, you you all have just shared with us and looking at your own, drawing from your own experiences, how do these intergenerational dialogues happen at home? Especially our children, we've given them a platform of opportunities and experiences a lot more than we had for, for various reasons. And their perspectives obviously are going to be very different and their future is also going to be very different. And in some sense, I feel like through our work experiences, we feel we have a better sense of reality and this is what life is. And yet very often we maybe fail to see what our children are seeing or try to put on our lens based on what they're saying. How the two of you managed to engage in such dialogue and what have been some interesting outcomes from that? Yeah, I think this is a very apt question for both of us. He is, like he said, a vagabond and mostly been a hostler more number of years. Most domesticated is only now, you know, the this half of the 20 years he's been married and that also you heard him he's been traveling quite a bit Uh, but I have been the more rooted person because uh, I was born and brought up in Bangalore like he said with uh, parents with uh, who are settled in Bangalore who are also Bangaloreans that way who's lived here only it was always a constant discussion there saying that where he I think from the day the child was born was very clear that they should be left free uh, to take their choices and not be rooted to one place. And I I went along with it, though I never know that side of the, I must say, because like I've been rooted here and studied at home, stayed at home, everything. Uh, He's never done it. I think only 10 years or so, I think he was at home and the rest of his studies have always been in hostel and in different cities of India not even one city, at least five, six cities he has studied and stayed in hostels. When it came to our children, at least, like I said, I think she, my daughter, I will say, because she's the first one, she taught me more patience and understanding. And uh, at least made me, not once did we have a conversation, I remember, where I had said, 
I ever told her you should do this. It has always been what are all the possibilities? What are possibilities? And actually listening because they have so much of information. She can talk of careers I have never heard of sometimes. And thankfully, since we are in the industry, we do hear. And good or bad, she saw both engineers in home and she completely switched sides to medical field. So she is she's 100% into biology and medical, nothing to do with engineering. But it never bothered, to be very frank, I never once have felt, why is she not taking a regular course? Why is she not doing it? And I guess I must thank you and all our discussions among friends that we have, which kept me really rooted. And I feel this network is very important for a parent, having a personal network to check your ideas, uh, a, a family network, which, you know, where the spouse is also in line with it. And then a child who is ready to explore and we should love them. So we allowed her, she's today into the field of life sciences, doing a very different course, trying to pursue a field in research. And it's not something we have ever thought of, I think. But it is easy to transition because I never personally, and I do, and I like, I'm sure Sirish also can add, he also never said my daughter needs to be this or needs to be an engineer, needs to be a doctor. Yeah. We never discussed that, like that's that. A, that's a very important aspect because when you spoke about generational okay gaps or whatever, Discussions, yeah. uh, these things. So if you reflect back in our times when we were studying and all those things, the generation, the way things have been, our parents' generation has been more towards taking care of the needs to be vertical, to meet the needs. Mm-hmm. When we started uh, earning and all those things, it is about being self-sufficient and then making sure sufficiency is taken care and for the next generation they already know what they are already in a sufficient environment so it is more about abundance of things abundance of say either abundance of information abundance of technology everything is an abundance so that's a different perspective altogether but uh, for uh, us i think one important thing has been in terms of rather than trying to control what they do how they do and as per us or not it's been about what values we try to hold uh, up to and that's what has been the core i would say driving factor so for our parents it has been they had certain dreams which they could not pursue they wanted their children to pursue those dreams that has been our parents generation and many of our colleagues and all those things also you'll see i became an engineer because my dad dad wanted uh, me to become an engineer i never had my own choice thought even at that point of time i was not able to think what to do so i took my father's guidance for that my parents guidance nowadays children uh, is not so so they want to explore their own stuff they want to discover themselves so i think that has been one aspect we have been trying to see that fine give them a choice let them learn but we hold them to certain value system what we want to inculcate in that we are having that connection together both as parents and children i think that's has been an important factor second thing is i think between me and pratibha this has been uh, quite i would say uh, different perspectives or two sides of the same coin in terms of she has been a rooted person i have been a roaming person for me uh, the roaming has taught me in terms of the diversity how to appreciate the diversity how to look at different people and still accept that and move on and be happy with yourself so many times i think that helps a lot and that's the reason why you uh, see Pratibha also telling that from childhood from when the children were born my perspective has been let them explore let them have different experiences and then decide for themselves so that has been our perspective on this that's a very nice contrast both of you thanks a lot it actually segues into my next question is see in the workplace nowadays also there is a lot of far younger people who are coming in and given the leadership positions that you all are at lesser number of people who are 
maybe older than yourselves. So how do you hold these kind of conversations or dialogues in the workplace? And many of them may not come from a place of abundance as your children, given the fact that you have cited a few core principles. What else do you see and what do you bring to encourage such kind of intergenerational conversation dialogue? And both of you all have mentioned, right? Diversity in experiences, in, in relationships, in what around you, how does that help bridge this generational connect at the workplace for both of you? So let me uh, give a go at this because for me, it has been pretty diverse in terms of the workplace experience itself. Being at Bosch, being at multinational, things are taken care, everything is structured, all sorts of mix of people are there, seniors, juniors, everything, well-oiled system. From there, moving to Mahindra, which is a hardcore Indian company, typically it's a very boss-driven and what you call people-centric decisions are taken there, which is a contrast between MNC and Indian companies. What in Indian companies, yeah, the centralized decisions are the ones which are very common. And also the kind of culture system, which is there, which is very different from what in terms of process-driven, the they want to set up the process, but then you have to make quick decisions and you have to adapt to the market quickly. So those things are the ones which have been there. And very, I would say, respect for the seniors. Whereas in MNC, you call the seniors by the name, whereas here you you have to show the respect for the seniors. So that is how it, it has evolved over a period of time. And from there, moving to a company like Aether, which is a hardcore startup where it is fully millennials, fully young generation people. And what do you call, I was one of the most senior persons there, one of the oldest person in the entire team. So that's been a different kind of experience. And now at Danlaw, where I see exactly what you said, people coming from different backgrounds, where they aspire for something and it's been a mix of experiences for me but personally so the key thing has been how how you're able to adapt to the environment i think that's been the one of the key aspects plus understanding i'm not ending up becoming very orthodox because over the period of time as you gather experience as you become old in the industry you tend to stick to certain hard you have to stick to principles that's not a problem but certain practices what you need to do you need to be flexible around that and being very orthodox does not help because now in the workplace, if you have to extract or if you have to enable an environment where everybody is equally enthusiastic, equally participative. So you have to get down or tone down yourself to be able to blend into that environment. I think that's very important. So the key aspect for me is adaptability. Really, I feel there is, even though people speak so much about the millennials coming in, how are you adjusting? To be very frank at the core, I don't see this such a challenge because we were also fresh engineers at one point of time. We also challenged the organization the same way. And I feel I can draw from those experiences when I relate to any uh, fresh candidate coming. It's only that maybe they have a little more access to information than we had. We relied more on people, books, and uh, to give us this knowledge, whereas the, these, they are, there's more self-learning, yeah? more self-driven so they don't really converse so much to gain knowledge, but they really read up and uh, you know stay connected, network to do this. But in the core of it, I think what drives and has driven us, our generation and the new generation, I feel is always about new opportunities, new things to learn. Always it was about the what is the next big thing that I can work on. And that's what also these guys want, but they wanted at a faster pace, maybe a little less 
patience than we had. We thought technology means it has to mature, we have to wait, we have to learn, we have to invest time. Whereas these guys don't have that patience because industry is also like that. They just have to learn, implement, move on, learn, implement, move on. So I think uh, for me, the mantra has always been be ready to learn. At the same time, be ready to unlearn something. Our generation didn't do it very fast, which is happening very fast today. So if you ask me, I don't think we need to learn how to learn, but we need to learn how to quickly unlearn what we have learned. And the second one, which has helped me is uh, is stay relevant. If you do not stay, put effort to stay relevant, then it is very easy to become irrelevant in a team. Doesn't matter your position, your role, nothing matters in life unless you're relevant to your team. And if you're relevant means you should be able to have conversations at every level and any to a fresher to a senior person, much, much uh, knowledgeable because today our corporations don't run on hierarchical uh, systems where somebody you report to somebody who is more senior to you or you don't have a person or you will be reporting to somebody who is much junior to you. Every kind of scenario can exist in a corporate. So I think we should get over that and more concentrate on the knowledge and what conversations you're capable of a leader who's capable of having their conversations at different level i think will always succeed today so our endeavor is to learn to keep learning and unlearn unlearning cycle i think that's the mantra i go by and just to add to this while doing this adaptable and learning unlearning but the key principles at least what i try to promote is the three p's is what i call one is having passion. So at any level, you need to have passion so that you can uh, keep going on. Second thing is patience, as what rightly Pratibha said. And third, very important thing is the perseverance part of it. So these three are very important at any level for you to... have that attitude into it. <laughs> the other three aces, which I have another formula for that anyway. Nice, nice stuff for it to come together like this. See, one thing that I noticed, especially in the past year with all that we saw unraveling during the pandemic, I think the inequalities with respect to so many things just reveal themselves. You spoke about passion, you spoke about patience, perseverance. You also talked about learning and unlearning. What I also sensed and have seen is that not many people around us, whether it is both personal or in the workplace, seem to have agency to even talk or even communicate deeply what's going on. In, in your experiences, as you spoke about what leaders can do and perhaps some of what you've done, do you have any thoughts on how we can begin to bridge these gaps of inequality that we see around us? Maybe I'm not talking too much about financial or economic inequality, but more around what we see uh, in the workplace. So let's say, for example, you've noticed that somebody is rarely talking, something's bothering someone, or that a certain people that come from different backgrounds struggle to communicate or convey what it is that they want to, and then seem to miss out on opportunities. Have you seen such things? And what have you done differently to enable them and in some sense, bring down that inequality? Yeah, Chitra, if, if you're sensitive enough, you cannot avoid this. Yeah, and, and I think that also makes the world interesting. Interesting, It's the equal part of the world. We only see the <coughs> movies maybe, and that also shows that it ends up in a disaster. So I guess inequalities make us uh, more alive 
and uh, it will always be there and i'm very happy you said it's not related to financial and economical because i'm sure that equality is outside of it for each one of us mainly related to capabilities mainly related to the environment that you are uh, have access to i remember when covid came and uh, lockdown was an- announced uh, all of us were in a frenzy my whole team was working long hours to make sure that every associate is able to work from home then started the inequalities coming up very simple things like who has access to what we as leaders many of us had laptops and it was like a switch and just work at home there was no difference because we already had enabled ourselves to someone uh, who only came to office worked with desktops because they have need to work with some connectivity to households and pgs where people don't have they cannot assure that their laptops are on because of the current situation in india because they don't have a ups we had to answer and take decisions as a company in split second about these inequalities which would have never come out into the open and i believe me there were many managers who came and told me there are people who are coming b- back to us as if it's a privilege to ask for these opportunity to these means uh, they can afford it but they're asking as if it's an opportunity it's a something the company should give them a broadband connection a ups a chair a table as a way of right to those few people who slowly voice saying that there were these guys who actually felt it difficult to afford all this suddenly at home suddenly make sure that you buy a ups there were such a big range of people and believe me the situation i think has brought everybody to their knees to accept that all of us are not equally enabled always and i think it came out very strongly this is only one example of it the other of course like you said is competencies and what we can consciously do as leaders like i say is to be sensitive to be empathetic very important to understand and we cannot say how can somebody ask for this but rather find out why is that person pay some attention to understand the case why is somebody raising this issue is there something beyond it everybody will not be open and so vociferous about it they may struggle and you know have so sensitivity being aware being tuned to conversations being sensitive i think i would leave it at that because it's such a vast topic i don't think your podcast uh, will end if i continue <laughs> <laughs> that's all i can say and i think we should respect it okay i think i agree with pratibha on this aspect that there there is bound to be inequalities and acceptance is something which we'll have to live with but the the point of this is what what do you what can you do with it as a leader so it's very important to be sensitive to that and uh, first of all observe that in terms of what is happening around because if you're not even keeping your eyes and ears open it is bound to grow it is the, the inequalities and the diversity is uh, gaps which increase right increase over a period of time now very important is to have that perspective to look at uh, two aspects to it one is the inequalities my opinion is there is enough because of the system because of the way things are evolved and the way things function second is also uh, a lot of it also depends on the individuals because many people would bring upon unto themselves some self imposed uh, say restrictions or self imposed apprehensions and the pullback which is not called for so at least as a leaders what you can do is to bring them to certain say help to break out of their shells uh, where you spot such some kind of a neutral kind of a platform neutral platform uh, and then enable them to do their best because because for me this is where i'll bring in my second what you call formula of 3 ss 
which uh, where I define it as one is the attitude, which is foremost important. You must have the right attitude to do things. Second thing is the aptitude and aptitude can be built. Even if you are not born with the aptitude, you can practice, you can get the skills, you can this. Third very important aspect of it is application. If you do not apply what you learned, all your aptitude and attitude doesn't make sense. So all these three have to come together. And that's where when you spot people having these kind of characteristics, but still not getting the right you. So one is you tinker the system as a leader. At the same time, try to get them to elevate themselves from where they are. I think these are the two very important aspects for me. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Sirish and Pratibha. I think we've covered uh, a lot of points here and so many perspectives have come out. I actually want to quote a good friend and somebody who's law, done a lot of and continues to do a lot of work in the space of diversity and inclusion beyond gender aspects has gone and addressed so many dimensions. And I'm glad that in this conversation, many of those aspects came out. And she always says, I want to see a point in time where we don't have a day called Women's Day. And, and I'm sure a lot of these perspectives that you've shared today will continue to grow and evolve, largely also due to the influence of leaders like yourselves. So any parting thoughts or messages that you'd like to share? I think since you brought up the topic of Women's Day, I'm also with your friend. I feel every day is ours and actually in a very balanced, equal opportunity environment. I won't say all environments. Maybe there are still some environments where women uh, must be encouraged to endeavor and become more powerful. But I think majority, at least in a corporate, if I can say that's the environment I work in, I think this equality issue has been long gone and addressed. And I think we're way, I think I, I myself started my career in an equal environment. I don't believe anytime I have never felt that it was unequal. So I feel such, such attention to a woman's day can actually bring in more bridges, gaps in a working environment. I shouldn't get started on it, but I would say every day is everybody's as much as live your day passionately live your day with a purpose. And I think this is everybody's right and everybody can do this. If this is there, there's no need to worry about the other things. So I wish everybody all the best in their own journeys, personally, professionally, and I'm sure uh, we will have a better world tomorrow. So yeah, my, my key message to summarize is basically to respect diversity. I think diversity, uh, not only with aspect of gender aspect or the economic background aspect, but also diversity of thought. And I think diversity is what makes us interesting and what makes us uh, really exciting to live together. And the, when you say inequalities, inequality can be taken in a negative context or inequality can be taken in a positive context where you leverage the inequalities to get the best out of the entire setup what you have entire team what you have or the entire environment what you have so i would rather look at the positive side of it and then take diversity in a very positive way so that it can be win-win for everyone in the system and yeah end of it all we have to be happy with what you're doing and that's what matters Thanks, Shrishan Prat. Very interesting conversation again. And I'll certainly look forward to more conversations around many other topics. So thanks a lot to both of you. Thank, Thank you so you. much Thank for so the much, opportunity. Thank you. We thank Siddharth for the music and Malavika for promoting the Software People Stories. If you like this episode, 
please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com. This podcast was created on Hubhopper Studio. If you wish to start your own podcast for free, visit www.hubhopperstudio.com. Hubhopper is India's leading podcast creation platform. Start your podcast with Hubhopper Studio and you get your voice heard across platforms like Spotify, Ghana, Google Podcasts, Wink Music and more. Click on the link in the episode description or visit www.hubhopperstudio.com.